It's time for the LaneCast with Montana's very own Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agriculture Conversation here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. And a big shout out to the Public Lands Council for being a sponsor of today's podcast. Make sure and attend their 2019 annual conference in Great Falls, Montana, September 25th through the 29th. For more, visit publiclandscouncil.org today. Now, as we look to our conversation for the day, today finds us at the Montana Farm Bureau Federation Home Office in Bozeman, Montana. We're actually with some agriculture leaders that have just wrapped up a leadership program, and that is Rhonda Hergenreiter and J.M. Peck. And uh, Rhonda, you're from the Belfry Bridger area, J.M. Peck, southwestern Montana there in Melrose, which I know all of our listeners know where Melrose is. They, they should, right? I'd hope so. <laughs> So uh, what is ACE? This is this leadership program that you were a part of here with the Montana Farm Bureau. Uh, What does ACE stand for, Rhonda? So ACE stands for Advocate, Communicate, and Educate. And in one of our conferences yesterday, we were actually learning that maybe educate isn't such the best word. We should be engaging, folks. (laughs) So so with that, your goal is to engage. And uh, it it takes a long time uh, to... uh, perfect engagement and communication and reaching out to others, whether it's fellow agriculturalists or consumers. Uh, what really prompted UJM to, uh, you know, take time away from your family's operation to uh, learn more about uh, engaging with all these different uh, individuals? Well, I think it's one of the biggest issues facing our industry today is just is communication and communication, whether that be uh, probably most mostly with our consumers but also with our neighbors and not just our ag neighbors, but the other people uh, in our state and our counties and our local communities that we interact with uh, that maybe don't fully understand uh, where their fuel, food, and fiber all come from. Well, we're going to continue talking about this, the ACE program that the Montana Farm Bureau has created to help their members enhance their leadership uh, capabilities and their communication skills. Uh, uh, But we're going to take a quick break and thank the sponsors of the podcast, but we'll be back right after this. As a Montana Farm Bureau member, you have access to a lot of valuable benefits. Now you can have your savings on the go with the Farm Bureau Member Benefits app. The app will show you where you can use your membership discounts with Granger, Case IH, Choice Hotels, John Deere, and more. Plus, with the app, your membership card is on your phone for easy access. It's free. Download the app today. Simply go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Farm Bureau Benefits app. Montana Farm Bureau, we care for the country. The Public Lands Council is the only trade association exclusively representing America's western cattle and sheep producers. Join the Public Lands Council September 25th to the 28th in Great Falls, Montana for its 2019 annual meeting, where you can learn more about PLC's efforts to modernize the Endangered Species Act, support ranchers in managing predators on federal lands, and protect your ranch's historic preference grazing rights from reduction or elimination. Register today at publiclandscouncil.org. Well, as we come back, we are joined by Rhonda Hergenreiter and J.M. Pack. They were a part of the ACE leadership program that the Montana Farm Bureau has kicked off for the past year, giving uh, Farm Bureau members the opportunity to expand their leadership and communication opportunities to engage producers and consumers alike. Uh, but first off, let's maybe for our audience talk more about your operations 
And earlier, J- JM and I were talking about the question I asked him for, for TV, for a TV program was, uh, how did this program benefit your farm or ranch? And I think that's a question so many pe- farmers and ranchers in the back of their minds maybe ask themselves when it's how do we take time to, to go to a Farm Bureau meeting or an or, or organization's event. But, Rhonda, let's talk about your diversified operation there uh, in kind of South Central Montana. What do you raise? And let's answer that question. Sure. Well, how bet. does this benefit your ranch? Absolutely. No, in, in order to, uh, for my dad to give me permission to be here, I better have a darn good answer for that question. So thank you for asking it. Um, so, yeah, no, my um, our, our family's place is uh, sugar beets, malt barley, um, cattle. Uh, I, I love cows. Um, and then we have a few pigs that we uh, market actually our meat to um, restaurants and, and consumers. And then, you know, just, just cow feed and whatnot. Um, you know, I I, I absolutely feel with with my entire heart that that this is um, really critical for a variety of reasons it has to do with um, with legacy it has to do with uh, you know just getting along with your neighbors um, whether that be um, just uh, the that that are in ag or that or that aren't um, you know like it or not we have folks moving into our area and we need to be able to get along with them we need to be able to talk to them and quite frankly we're not us folks in ag sometimes aren't very good at that um (laughs) and i think this this training helps us with that so uh, jm let's talk about uh your family's operation there near melrose and uh, a little bit more about uh your experience with this ace program and what you're taking back to the operation, even though maybe it not be, uh, you know, improving soil health or working livestock in a different pattern, but, you know, helping set a strong foundation for the future of agriculture for your family. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're a cow-calf producer there. We're west of Melrose. Uh, we kind of, we, we started the Big Hole River and go all the way up to the public lands. So uh, we graze our, we calve in the spring and graze uh, cattle on native grasses uh, all summer. Uh, we raise some alfalfa and grass hay, uh, feed them in the winter. And then uh, we were marketing them to a feedlot from there. Typically, they go down uh, in the Idaho area, Idaho Falls area, and uh, eat malt barley tailings and, and whey and uh, potato waste. So uh, we have a pretty efficient operation from that, that perspective. Now, uh, you're active with Farm Beer, of course, on the Young Farmers and Ranchers uh, Committee as well. Uh, and you and your fellow participants are wrapping up uh, your, your experience in these uh, leadership and, and educational workshops uh, through the ACE program. Uh, same question I had for Rhonda. How did this benefit your family's operation at the end of the day? Maybe it's not going to be seen today, but... No, no, it's not. Um, I, I think to want to devote your time to this, it takes looking at the bigger picture. Uh, you know, like Rhonda said, getting along with our neighbors, and not just our ag neighbors, but the people that we uh, live around that are moving into our area, uh, and then our consumers, too, being able to communicate with them. I think that's a that's a huge issue. I think that's one of the biggest issues facing agriculture today in, in all facets, whether it's sugar beets or cattle or, or any other ag, agricultural product, any other fuel, food, or fiber. And I think it, it stems from... Um, when we look at, you know, and you hear some of these other folks talk about this, but the population is growing. Uh, our, our urban neighbors are getting farther and farther disconnected from agriculture. And then I think we have the Internet and, and social media, and that's kind of, uh, we talked about it today, it's a, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword for a lot of things because it's, it's such a great way to share information, and we're open to so much information. I mean, I imagine when I, grow, when I was growing up, Right before the you know start of the internet age, you know we had encyclopedias in the house, and uh, you know kids today won't even know what those are. But 
the, the I guess the, the double edge of that sword is there's also a lot of bad information out there. And I think that's one of the, the critical roles and why Ron and I wanted to be involved with this is that we can learn how to be better communicators and be better uh, leaders and representatives of our industry. So what were some of those bigger takeaways focusing on communication, Rhonda, that you walked away with? And and maybe describe the different sessions that helped build up that communication, uh, all the knowledge that you can use in engaging with these multiple entities and and individuals. Sure. So I think um, both this session as well as the last session, um, I think sometimes we don't realize just we know we're passionate without question. Um, but I think sometimes we don't maybe fully understand how anyone outside of the industry views that passion. We can come across, quite frankly, mad. Um, and I, I just just feel like um, this training gives us tools to maybe not give that impression. So uh, for your own experience, what are maybe some of those times where you think you've come across mad or disgruntled when you're communicating with uh, people? Putting you on the spot. Absolutely, I see that. (laughs) Um, I I think just, uh, you know, the emotion behind answering the question. And, you know, I'm the worst at, you know, not smiling and just kind of having that attack the world. (laughs) That's how I see it. Um, I think it's just, you know, I don't know if there's one instance so much as it is just my, you know, go get a ranch girl personality. (laughs) But, I mean, and but to to your point there, it... We're constantly attacked in agriculture. Sure we are. But at, in, at the end of the day, you have to be relatable with these mm-hmm. individuals and have that opportunity right. to, to seem civil and to mm-hmm. sit down and have an open conversation. Because that, that is something that we watch all the time where it's impossible to have, we can almost say, free speech in mm-hmm. some areas. That deals more with politics. But at the end of the day, politics still impacts what we do here in, in rural America. Um, JM, for yourself, uh, you know, kind of on that same line, uh, how has the communication aspect of this uh, maybe brought more opportunities for you to engage differently with uh, fellow agriculturalists or consumers? Well, we've had some some great speakers and some great insights. And, uh, you know, Chelsea, you know, our leader, I guess our, our the leader of the program has done a great job with that. And one thing we've heard again and again from people whether they're involved in agriculture or just here uh, for another reason is is shared values and that's a term that I think I've written down and bolded and at the end of the day to build on what Rhonda was talking about all these people we interact with and some of the negativity we face well the negativity we face probably on a daily basis uh, from you know all sorts of uh, angles if, if we boil it down to shared values at the end of the day we should always be able to find shared values with with whether it's a consumer uh, a neighbor, someone else in, in agriculture. And I think that's where you start to, if we can identify those shared values, that's where we can start building that relationship and having those difficult discussions because some of them aren't fun. Um, and there's things that are happening in, in agriculture uh, that people are scared of. And I've heard people use that term. I'm scared of this and we need to, and like Rhonda said, we're so passionate about what we do and our roots run so deep in this and we just it, it's a knee-jerk reaction to jump on and say no I work every you know we we work so hard but sometimes we got to we got to back off a little bit find that shared value with that person who has no background in agriculture and, and kind of build that relationship up from experience you mentioned especially well you both live in very picturesque Montana landscapes um, down in southwest Montana, of course, a lot of recreation, a lot of fly fishing, hunting opportunities. 
How, how have you maybe adapted a little differently now to trying to engage in open dialogue with these individuals that are right? We, we're all right in our in our own mindset. That's right. We have our own uh, convictions. We have our own facts. And at the end of the day, they want to make we all want to make the world a better place. We all have different mission statements and goals and values that may be different than in a conservation or more environmental environmental leaning group. How has this program changed the way that you're going to engage with these individuals and, and try to talk about how your goals could be similar, but also it benefits everybody? Yeah, I, I think I think you just touched on it. it. It's it's identifying those spots where our goals are the same because at the end of the day we can boil it down to you know I mean like you said in our area it's it's so beautiful and we're blessed every day to, to live in southwestern Montana. But there's a lot of other people who recognize that as well and it attracts uh, you know people who want to move there, people who want a vacation there, and uh, you know they're all concerned of how we're protecting that picturesque uh, environment and 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 they should be concerned and, and we're concerned and I, we need to communicate and let them understand that we're as concerned as they are and we want to preserve that environment. We want to preserve that scene, uh, you know, that picturesque scene that they love uh, for future, for our future generations as well as theirs. And, you know, we're also running a business and agriculture is an integral part of that process. And, um, you know, Rhonda, you know, we talked about, we don't like to use the word educate because sometimes when we say I'm going to educate someone, that's, but we, we, we're communicating and we're, you know, we're sharing our story with them so that they understand where we're coming from and how we are an integral part of that. And I mean, there's been, and it comes down to that calming down, backing off and looking for those shared values. And I've had some really positive interactions with people where once you kind of peel the layers back, they're kind of amazed. The people who had a negative kind of view of our industry say, oh, well, you guys are really doing a lot to preserve what I love about this area. And, uh, I, I like this conversation. I want to keep it going because whether it's on the agriculture side or the conservation side, uh, and I don't want to be too blunt in, in saying this, but there could be considered hardliners yeah. on, on both sides where they don't want to give any ground because if you give ground, that means you may be giving up uh, a strong f- foothold and uh, your values and what you're doing in the countryside on the ag side or the conservation side. But, why is it important, though, to, to maybe just have that discussion of not even creating a middle ground? I mean, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth or, or ideas or anything like that or put you in an awkward situation. But why is it important to have that conversation with all these different people? Like you said, you don't want to educate. You just want to talk about those shared values because at the end of the day, we all want to make sure we have healthy natural resources. And really, that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. Um, I mean, why, why is that so important to you as a young producer? It's coming back to your family's place. And Rhonda, I'll ask the same question there, but JM. Well, I think it's a two-way street. Um, there is something that the, the broader public, consumers, our, our neighbors, and I'm referring to all you know the people who come to our beautiful state, it's a two-way street because we can learn something from them as well. And I think uh, I've seen that happen and, and try to work towards that because there's things we can learn. There's things that we can do as ranchers that – we're, we're pretty low priority stuff for us, but they can have huge impacts on the things that other groups care about. And, and, you know, that's kind of that low hanging fruit, but there's a lot of opportunities that exist like that. So I think it's, 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 a, that's a two way street because we have a story to tell, but we also have to listen because there's other stories that we need to hear and understand. And whether we, we're never going to all agree at the end of the day, but if you understand someone's perspective and have heard their story, that's, that's the only way you're ever going to find that middle ground. 
Rhonda, what what is your take on that? Gosh, I think JM just covered it so well that he pretty much hit all the high points. Um, I, I guess one thing I will speak to is just a particular situation on um, our our family's um, place that. Uh, um, so a, a guy bought a cabin and he wants to um, really just make it up for um, for hunting, and so it created a really neat win-win situation for both of us. And I think it's just the attitude that we both went in there with. Um, we were leasing the place before, um, you know, the, the the new owners took um, got it, but uh, he was like, "Hey, I you know I don't want any money for this. I just just want to manage for wildlife." And I'm like, "Well, hey, if I get a little hay out of the deal, that that that'll work." So so um, that's, I guess, uh, uh, what we're doing is just just um, looking for ways um, that, you know, things that uh, the producer can do maybe for um, for those folks who are, are new to the area. And in turn, you might be surprised at the things they can do for you. So with that, it all comes back to your membership as a Farm Bureau member and uh, being involved, whether it's on the county level, the state level, or the national level. Really, we want all farmers and ranchers to be um, having those tools to have those conversations. And I just love the way you put that, though. It's not to educate people because that does come off negatively. I, I'm going to educate you. Sounds like my dad saying, go pick a switch, and I'm going to educate you on what you did wrong there. <laughs> but with that, how has this opportunity to be a part of the ACE Leadership Program changed the way that you might be involved with your county farm bureaus and you know encouraging others to you know have these other these same opportunities that you've had in front of you here recently well i think just coming here i mean there's so much i've learned and issues that i never knew about i think then there's a, this whole networking aspect um we you know we often live in our little boxes and to hear some of the issues that other farmers and ranchers around the state are are, are having and how that we can apply the lessons they've learned uh to what we're doing and, and that that i guess serves great motivation to understand the importance of what Farm Bureau does and the importance to be involved with that grassroots level. I mean, because we're all running businesses. We all, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're making food, we're, we're raising cattle. We need to be, you know, financially stable, economic, or environmentally sustainable, you know, to keep going. And that's our first priorities. But then when you start looking at some of these bigger issues, it's really that organization like Farm Bureau that gives someone like me and, and Rhonda, that, that voice and that leverage to, to kind of escalate that, that voice and uh, get it out there to more people and bring more people in our communities and our ag communities and make help them to understand these issues so that we can get them involved. So um, I guess one thing as a, the president I've had the opportunity to do is um, the things that we've learned at the leadership training I've taken back to our core membership. Um, and so then I've just been, you know, encouraging them you know, to do the same thing. But uh, um, there again, I think JM made some great points. So how do you increase membership activity or, or recruiting members to be to be a part of Farm Bureau? I am the worst at this. <laughs> um, it, you know, we uh, it, it's funny. You'll have conversations with our neighbors, and you get that, well, I don't have time for that. <laughs> and we get it. I totally get it. You know what? I probably don't either. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's, it's like James said earlier, it's just, um, about, uh, you know, kind of just looking at it from the broader picture, um, that, you know what, hey, 
we might not all be in business. At the very first training, we had an opportunity to um, listen to Bruce Vincent, who is um, a leader in the logging industry, and just how the environmental movement basically tore that industry apart. And don't think for a second that they're not maybe trying to do that to us. Um, And, you know, just to wake up and not be able to do what we love every day, you know, I, I feel like I can take some time away to preserve that. Yeah, I haven't found a way to leverage that, but that, that's where I think this training is valuable because that's how that's how we're going to recruit members is finding those things. Like Bruce Vincent's story is just, I mean, that I could read that book a hundred times and it's, 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 it's a heart-wrenching story, but it's also a good story because it has a positive ending, you know, and they, as they came full circle and, you know, his warning to the agriculture industry was don't, don't follow the same path that we did. And, and that comes down to this communicating and working with these people. But that's how you find these issues. I think of the, um, the water issue that the Farm Bureau fought for with the DNRC and the state lands, you know, and that was a grassroots issue. And there was a member who had something that was having a huge impact on his operation, on his livelihood, and came to this organization and got the help he needed. And I think that's, we need to figure out how to leverage those tools to get more membership because it's those issues that'll, it's those issues like, like that issue, the water issue, or something like reading Bruce's book and understanding what can happen that gets people kind of, their eyes widen up and they're like, yeah, I, it's probably worth taking a couple of days off a year to, to attend a conference or a policy development meeting or to just go and learn more so that I can understand these issues. And it's, it's, it's that passion that we need to find a way to leverage that to, to drive membership. I know lunch is going to get underway here shortly, so I don't want to keep you from lunch. That's always the worst when you always have something blocking you from the lunchtime. But uh, what's a message you have for maybe a, a Farm Bureau member or maybe a non-Farm Bureau member on, on why they should uh, maybe look at uh, participating in the next ACE course or just a leadership course, uh, JM, you kind of just cut, you know touched on that, but you know maybe those big takeaways you had from this program and why someone across the road should consider being a part of it. I, I guess I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the the things you learn and the information that you take away, and that there really is some practical, applicable um, reasons to. Um, to take the time to find the time. Yeah, yeah, I think, that, like I said, passion. Uh, one thing that, that stands out in my mind, and I don't want to scare away future participants, but Chelsea said at the beginning, she's like, I'm going to make you guys uncomfortable. And she brought in some speakers and some people who made us feel uncomfortable and kind of made our, you know. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, just people, uh, you know, people who just are outside of our industry and have maybe a different viewpoint on some of the issues that we hold near and dear to our heart. Uh, we had someone with the Montana Wilderness Association come speak to us. But what I'm getting to is that after having that, that initial uncomfortable experience, um, we were able to communicate with those people and you walked away feeling like you gained a friend. And I think that's something we need more of in our industry is more friends. But then you might get put into that uncomfortable situation where someone within your own industry is going to call you out for saying that you might have a friend in another industry that doesn't agree with you. What's your response then? Well, my response would be if we're not working with these people, if we're not telling them our story, they're going to hear it from someone else. And it's probably not the story we want them to hear. Mm -hmm. So if if we don't take that seat at the table, someone else is going to sit in our spot. So, again, I think lunch is probably here. I don't want to hold this up too longer. I think we could obviously talk here for, for quite a long time. But, uh, again, 
it's a lot to, to take time away from your operations. We're always busy out in the countryside, but uh, thank you guys so much for, for joining us here today and taking the time away to become better uh, uh, communicators of what we do in agriculture. I- any last words you'd like to share with uh, the listeners of the podcast today? No, just thank you, Lane, and I guess anyone who's in Farm Bureau or thinking about Farm Bureau, uh, there's a lot of great opportunities, so I encourage them to either become members or or consider uh, applying for this program next year. Yes, thank you, Lane. Thank you for the opportunity, and uh, uh, Farm Bureau is a a great organization that, um, you know, it supports and uh, helps with um, nearly all aspects of agriculture. Well, thank you guys around NJM because you make my job easy. And it's just great to hear uh, your experiences and uh, the opportunities you've taken to help enhance your own operations and the future of agriculture in Montana and across the nation. Again, for more on the Montana Farm Bureau's ACE program, just visit mfbf.org. And there's more information on all that Montana Farm Bureau does uh, for all of their members and even the non-members out in the countryside representing the Big Sky State. That'll do it for today's Agriculture Conversation. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. I'm Lane Nordland. Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.